Hi, I'm Jacqueline Kinser, and for the past five years, I've been helping families all around the globe to overcome their breastfeeding challenges. And this is the first non-clinical breastfeeding podcast that shows you how to rock breastfeeding and master motherhood through practical tips, mindset shifts, and honest conversation to create a confident and empowering breastfeeding journey. This is the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. Welcome to episode 59 of the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Kinser, and today's guest is a super cool millennial mom named Carly Vincent. And if you don't know who Carly Vincent is, you certainly will soon, but you might know her as the traveling milk truck. Um, And so this has sort of evolved from one thing to another, and she's going to share her story with us today. Um, But with COVID and whatnot, the milk truck is currently not traveling. Um, But Carly used to manage um, huge technology company events for over 100,000 attendees. And in her line of work, she would struggle to breastfeed while traveling in airplanes and hotels and just being on the road. And her personal experience led her to uncover policies, ways to ship breast milk across the country, um, getting companies to support and pay for these things and support their traveling and hardworking lactating moms. So we go in depth talking about all things that are really important when it comes to any line of work and going back to work while trying to provide breast milk for your baby, especially if you are traveling. Carly is also in the process of writing a fantastic book, which is going to be a guide to help moms create the best workplace situations for themselves and their babies. So without further ado, I'm going to share all of the magic that Carly has to share with you on today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Carly. I'm so excited to have you on today, and we're going to have such a fun conversation. We already have before I started to hit record here, and uh, I know I just gave a little bit of an intro about who you are and what you do, but just for our audience who's listening, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us where you are in the world. Tell us what it is that you're working on right now, because you are just, you're doing a lot of things. Hi. First of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast today. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And um, as you mentioned, my name is Carly Vincent. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area with my husband and two daughters. Um, I, for the last number of years, have been working on a book um, to help breastfeeding moms who are returning to work after maternity leave. Um, my business, the traveling milk truck helps, um, those moms as well by providing actionable resources and and steps to help make that transition easier and to help traveling become a little bit more straightforward for them. Oh, I just think that is one of those things that's so needed. You know, I, I feel like the, the overall gist of things that moms sort of get is, okay, well, I need a pump for when I go back to work and I need bottles and I need my baby to take a bottle and then I'm going to just figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I know there's just so much more that is needed in, in all this area. And there is a fair amount of talk 
about, you know, that return to work and whatnot. And, you know, companies are giving pumping breaks, or maybe they have an official pumping or lactation room or something. And, you know, the employee doesn't have to use a bathroom. They shouldn't be using one. Um, But there's really a lot more to it than just some break time in a room. And uh, you know that really, really well. So when when you're speaking to moms, when you're working on this amazing book that you're that you're working on, what are what are the things that you really want to have moms know about this return to work? Like, you know, this their first baby, they have maternity leave, it's coming to an end. Like what what's next for them? Where where can we help them out and get them started? Yeah, absolutely. I think um some of the key takeaways and through my experiences, I realized that not only going back to work is a transition in and of itself, but if you are in a position, whether it be in the medical field or sales or um, a traveling um, type of business, it tends to be more multifaceted than what you um, are given going back into the workforce. So, um, one of the goals that I had when starting the traveling milk truck was to help moms break that down and find um, those actionable tips and guides to help make that process easier. Um, For instance, some of the experiences I had um, through this process in 2017, after my second daughter was born, I had um, gained enough experience by that time to realize that I could open up the door and have conversations and ask important questions uh, with my employer to try and get some policies changed in the workplace. And um, just a few of those would be to help improve and uh, create breastfeeding spaces for moms at every company conference and to also get milk shipments approved for moms if they were traveling and breastfeeding. Mm, So, so important. I know that I've been to a number of conferences as a lactation consultant for work, and I've gone up to my hotel room to pump because there wasn't a place to do that at all near the conference space. So if we don't have conferences where lactation consultants are presenting or in attendance that have lactation spaces, why would we expect any other type of industry to do that? So I love that you've thought about that. That's just, that's just huge. And there's so many different types of work out there. You know, I have clients who are surgeons or police officers or, you know, traveling salespeople, or maybe they do work in a cubicle desk job all day or retail And everyone's got different needs and different circumstances, different hours, um, you know, different locations and all of that. And then, like you said, sending the milk back. Oh my goodness. How, how do moms actually, you know, if they're, if they're away from home and they've, they've flown or what have you, how do they get their milk home? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that's an important topic um, to, to discuss. I think one of the biggest um, unknowns for moms just alone is traveling um, to a workplace, for instance, pumping milk while you're there, and then trying to get that milk and that food back to your 
your baby in in that process. And so there are some really great companies out there um, that I just want to give a shout out to. One is Milk Stork, which is um, the company that that helped um, send milk back um, when I was traveling between San Francisco and New York. And then the other one, which um, I found kind of by accident, is Mamava, who has pods with um, has uh, pods that are designed so that way moms don't have to um, pump in a bathroom stall, um, which I um, have done many a times, and I know. <laughs> I know a lot of other moms out there that have had to to do make that tough decision for themselves as well. Um, so those are two two great companies that have helped me in that that process along the way. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that because you know I think one of the things, especially if you're you're going to be you know away for a while or what have you, is you know for you to have a giant stash of milk saved up for your baby before you leave is pretty unrealistic, right? So you need a way to get that milk home quickly and safely. Uh, And like just going to your regular old UPS stores, probably not going to cut it. Um, If, if my Amazon, Amazon packages getting delivered in the condition that they are, um, then I probably would say you want to have a really good service that's geared towards that. Yeah. So um, just to that point alone, I, I was looking at, and this is what really got me asking um, my place of work was that I realized that it wasn't going to be cheap or easy to get milk back home to my daughter while I was traveling for work. And I had done my research to try and figure out exactly what was needed to safely get the milk back home, um, such as having dry ice available and a box and the shipping labels and uh, the storage container inside. And while you're on a business trip, that is not something that's totally on your priority list, let alone having the time to be able to find a place to send the milk and um, get it back home in a timely manner. Because to your point, having a giant stash of milk in your freezer it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of extra pumping sessions just to make sure that you have uh, uh, enough milk for the time that you're gone. So um, in one particular trip, I knew that I at least had three or four days of milk stashed for my daughter, which gave me enough time to be able to ship my milk back. Well, one of the the mess ups. And I, I I really like to laugh at the mess ups because it's part of the journey. But one of the mess ups that I, I did was I got the milk there. I got it ready to go and ready to send out at, um, uh, I was at a convention center in Manhattan and I get it there and I send it off and I leave. And I realized the next day that I didn't have the, um, tracking slip. I had no way to track when and how the milk was going to get back home. And I just prayed (laughs) that my, my daughter had enough milk for the rest of the week. And with that being said, um, we've had to supplement with formula and that has been totally fine, um, for our family, but, you know, just the, the, all of the work and the effort put into pumping and, and, and shipping that milk, it's, it's a lot of effort. And when you're, you managing, um, 
a lot on your plate during work trips, it's the last thing you want is the phone call from your husband or whoever is at home taking care of your little one saying, when is it, when is the food going to get back? So totally, totally. And even if you're like, Hey, you know what? I don't have enough saved up before I go. So my baby's just going to have to have formula and that's fine. But if you want to continue breastfeeding, when you get back, you're going to have to pump on that trip and nobody wants to be pouring that down a drain. Like definitely want to get that back home. Like you've worked hard for that and you've interrupted you know, your, your work cycle or your, your traveling or you're on a plane for X amount of hours. And, you know, like you don't want to throw all of that out. That would just be so heartbreaking and sad. So for all those reasons, I think it's so important. And I'm so glad that there are companies out there that can support moms in doing that. And I've learned of a lot of companies, um, probably just, you know, you and, and others have brought awareness to this issue. Right. And, you know, companies are partnering with Milk Stork or Mama Vaughn and whatnot and providing these services. So it's just excellent. And what about like, what about shorter term uh, travel? Meaning like, you know, you're not in an office all day for a job. Uh, that seems to be a really big challenge for a lot of moms. Like I mentioned, I had a, a police officer client, like she's, she's a road cop, like she's pulling you over if you're speeding kind of thing. There's no real like, schedule or you know what I mean and then they might even have a partner in their car with them there's just a lot of logistical challenges and that's just one example so how how can we support and empower those moms in continuing their you know breastfeeding and lactation through those kinds of circumstances because again not everyone has you know works for a big corporation and has a nice lactation room to go and pump in right fridge all of that kind of stuff Exactly. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, there are a couple of things, uh, absolutely that I think, um, would be helpful for anybody that's on the road. One being the type of pump that you have. So, um, there are pumps now that have, um, come into the market such as free me, the free me and the willow pump. Now, the one thing I have to say about those two pumps is that, and it, and it could have changed by now, but, um, they pumps are available through insurance. Usually, um, you can get them for free, but it only covers certain types of pumps. It doesn't cover those hand-free pumps. However, if you have a program at work that is, um, like a FSA, a flexible spending account, for instance, you can use those dollars towards that purchase for yourself as, as a mom on the go. Um, and I have to say, I, I did it hard way. I didn't invest in one of those pumps. And so I always had a, a hand pump and a, um, electric pump that I could plug into the outlet in the car, but as a paramedic or a EMT or a police officer, that doesn't always make sense for them. Um, so what I would say, because especially if you're going to be driving, you need to have that your hands available and free to you. So that way there's no distraction and you're being safe. Right. So, um, safety with safety first, um, free me and the willow pump are always a great option. You can, um, discreetly put those into your, your clothes for a period of time that you need. Um, and, then always have a cooler and an ice pack on hand for that journey. They do make some ice packs, which I came across um, for those people that are on the road frequently. 
that can stay a certain temperature up to a 12 hour period. So that's something else to consider. Um, if, if, uh, you are looking at gear to keep that milk at the proper temperature for safety purposes. So that way, you know, you're bringing back the freshest milk for your baby. The other thing being, um, they do have portable coolers or refrigerators. So depending on the size of the vehicle you're in, um, it may not work for somebody like a paramedic, but if you're a salesperson on the road, that's something to consider as well. Um, and then last but not least, um, you know, ask your employer, uh, of about space, um, and locations. And, um, I mentioned Mamava, for instance, they place their pods basically anywhere that there's a need. So it, whether it be at hospitals or, um, police stations or at big retailers, like they have moms in mind and realize you don't always know where the need is for you to pump. I once had to pump in the, in the back of a shipping container and, you know, it had uh, Mamava been available to me, I would have hands down gone and uh, found that place because they have, um, it's quiet and you also don't have that fear of anybody walking in on you. And it's, um, it's built basically for a pumping or breastfeeding mom in mind. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I've, I've seen them in airports and like sports stadiums, um, maybe even malls as well. And, you know, they're definitely popping up in more places so you can uh, go on their website and locate one. And yeah, absolutely. Too, you mentioned the free me pump and a lot of moms don't know this. Um, you can also buy like the free me cups and use that with, uh, it doesn't have to be the free me pump. Like you can actually adapt those. So that's kind of cool. And then there's the LV, which is also like the willow. Um, so just, there are more options coming out on the market, but like you said, you're probably going to have to, uh, use your own dollars or FSA or HSA accounts for those insurances. Yes. Mm-hmm. Although some insurances I have seen just kind of cover a dollar amount too. So uh, I always tell moms, you know, hey, if they don't cover the pump you want, ask if you can buy it uh, and then submit a receipt and get reimbursed so you can get the one you want. Uh, and sometimes insurance companies do that, or they even cover, you know, breast milk storage bags or replacement flanges or tubing or pump parts as well. So um, the more we can not have to spend out of pocket on that yeah. stuff, the better, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, those and, pieces, and to your point, those pieces aren't always readily available. If um, there have been more than one instance where I've been in the office and realized I forgot um, the flange or the valve at home to part of the pump. And I'm like, I, I mean, I can't, I can't pump. And, and, <laughs> You know, if, if, uh, a mom goes so long without pumping in a, you know, a, a number of hours, like for me, I would often get engorged and, um, start immediately getting symptoms of mastitis. So it was, it was a necessity health wise for me to make sure I was pumping within that window that I had. Otherwise I'd start not feeling so, <laughs> so great. Um, so to your point, yes, if employers have, um, the ability to help those moms out by providing extra backup equipment in the office that can go a long way to longevity for employees. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's huge. Um, I had an opportunity to design a lactation room for 
uh, a manufacturing company. Um, it was actually a client of mine who I had helped. And then she said, you know what, we've got three women who are going to have babies in the next few months. And she said, I really want to set up a space for them where they can come. And it was really neat that she was able to do that for that company. It wasn't like she didn't own it, but she was, um, I think like a vice president or something. And not only did she actually have a hospital grade pump and then provided like the flanges and everything and extra ones for the moms and extra parts, membranes, you know, valves, all of the things. She also had like a stash of snacks, like granola bars and a fridge of water and just had just thought of all the things, you know, and she was like, I just want a list of everything you would ever want to have in a lactation room. And then I'm just going to buy all of that stuff. And she did. And it was so cool. So uh, I love that. And she said some of the men in the company were upset that, you know, she had taken over this room and turned it into this. And she was like, okay, well, too bad, you know? So (laughs) yeah, a lot of people to come to work or not. And I just thought that's so great because we really do need more of that. And and you've just shared so many amazing ideas that, you know, if your company, if you're listening to this, you're going back to work or you are back at work and you're like, yeah, you know what? I need that. Like you can ask for that at your company. You know, you don't have to wait for them to be the one to provide it for you. But on that note, like, I think there is a lot of anxiety and hesitancy about going to your employer, your HR department, your manager, whoever, right. And having to have these conversations, what kind of tips do you have for moms who are listening to this going, wow, I sure wish I had that. I sure wish my company paid for milk stork or had a mom of a pod or whatever. Like how do we help moms have those conversations and express their needs? You know, that's, that's a really great question. And, um, I think preg- pregnancy discrimination and um, moms going back to work and not feeling like they're in a supportive work environment can often feel very overwhelming. Um, with that being said, um, the cost of replacing an employee is often three times the amount than than it would be to have that um, that uh, to essentially take care of the mom that's coming back. And um, if you invest in the mom, then they're going to spend the time and be there and invest in their time and energy in the company as well. I mean, everything from medical bills go down to um, health improvement for the mom and the baby. I mean, just, it's really a win-win all around. Um, With that being said, in terms of the advice I would give um, for moms, I would be specific with whatever your ask is, right? Um, If it is making sure that you have a safe space to pump that is in a bathroom, um, you know, help them be aware of that um, need, for instance. Uh, Sometimes if you don't speak up, then there's just no way of knowing, with, with that being said, um, sometimes it helps to have an ally at work. So if you have some friends um, that you're working with, um, just let them know what you're doing. Tell them, you know, I'm, I'm going to pump. I, I'll be back. And um, oftentimes if you create that allyship at work, then, then it's a lot easier to broach those conversations, whether or not it is with your manager and, um, or the HR department. And oftentimes when I was asking those hard conversations um, I or asking those hard questions to my, my boss, I would go directly to my manager, talk to her and say, 
hey, you know, I want to get back to work and I want to help you out. Um, but in order for me to do that, these are the things that I need. And it's not a one straight shot. It's a continual conversation. I often found out um, and just open, open communication was really the key. Mm, Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think you, you really hit a key point, which is, you know, this is a benefit to your employer to have you return to work. Right. So if you're letting them know, you know, absolutely. I'm, I'm ready. I'm raring to go, like going to come back and whatever, but you know, I can't come back unless, or, you know, I can't do my job effectively unless I have these things from you. So uh, just naming that it's, it can be a very straightforward thing and um, yeah, it, it can be nerve wracking, but I think if you just lead with that, um, it, it tends to open up that conversation and love what you said about it, not being a one-time thing for sure. You know, and I think yeah, some players will think they're doing a great job by saying, you know, uh, yeah, you can pump in the bathroom, right? Like they think they're <laughs> they don't know. I mean, I literally encountered this one time. I met with a dentist, very, very, you know, older guy, probably gonna, you know, he was going to retire soon. And he, he did a few years later and he had a very, very large restroom in his dental office. And he had put a nice chair in the corner of the restroom so that whenever he had released a baby's tongue tie, then the mom could go in there and have a cozy place to sit and nurse the baby. And he was like, very proud showing me this. And I was like, you know, I like, I like your intention there, but I can promise you that moms are not going to want to nurse their babies in the restroom, nor should they be nursing them in there. Um, so where else can we set up a space that's not a restroom? And he was like, Oh, he's like, okay. And he was totally open to it. And he actually ended up setting up a space in the kitchen, um, which was great because it was big and spacious and quiet and whatnot. So anyway, if they don't know, it's sometimes they're not meaning to be offensive. They just don't know. So I would say, don't make that assumption that your employer hates you and wants to make your lactation journey a living hell. They just maybe don't know what you need and they're not going to know unless you tell them, right? Right. Absolutely. I think the good news is that there are um, policies and programs that um, like a company, the mom project, for instance, they're, they're mom based centric organizations helping to improve those policies and workplaces. And so I'm, I've been seeing more traction in having those conversations and changing those policies and those programs from that, that internal employer level. Um, and helping to improve that culture. So that way people like your experience are open to moving that chair from the bathroom and creating that, that safe space for women, wherever it might be. So that's great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I'd love to hear more about your book. So, um, I think you'd said, you know, it's really geared for, you know, moms who are going back to work what kind of information are you going to feature in your book? Um, because I, I know that one of your things you wanted to do was also to include some stories in there. So just let us know a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the traveling milk truck really has a, um, has a wide range of, um, experiences that kind of led led me to, um, ultimately writing the book. Um, and it, 
was through my travels through airports and having to pump in airplanes and um, finding space in business conferences or pumping on the road or pumping in the back of my car um, that, that really made me realize I could help a lot more women um, in that journey and in that process. And so by 2019, um, so my, my second daughter was born in 2017, but by 2019, I realized that I could help a lot more women. And so what turned into an initial idea kind of evolved into, um, this book. And the other thing too, is that I want to make it real. I'm going to include expert voices and opinions in the book and also, very much so include other voices of moms and their experiences of traveling just to try and help um, moms along their journey and whatever they might encounter. And then the last thing too, is just, if I've learned anything is that, you know, you're going to mess up and you're going to spill milk and you're going to cry about it and you're going to laugh about it. And, um, you know, the, the crazy ups and downs of trying to navigate, not only returning back to work, but also find your space within, in that, um, traveling and business world is, a, is a totally new facet, um, that I'm hoping I can address for moms across the board. Oh, yes. It just, it sounds just like, a like a bit of a comfort thing that, I could imagine moms just kind of keeping in their, in their bag, their, their pumping bag with them and just, (laughs) I've, I've definitely, um, you know, I'm sure you're including stuff like this. Like I've had bags of milk leak or, you know, uh, I've forgotten pump parts. Actually, I will, um, never forget this. I went to, uh, an office where we had a breast pump manufacturer coming to demonstrate their breast pumps for us. And I needed to pump while I would be there for that day. And I had everything except for the bottles to pump my milk into. And (laughs) there were no bottles that fit on my pump while I was there. And so I remember sitting in an office, hand expressing into a mason jar. That was fun. Let me tell you. Um, (laughs) Apparently I'm very good at hand expressing, which I should be because I'm a lactation consultant. I teach people how to do it, but it was a... like, wow, this is the pits, you know? And then all these demo breast pumps, I mean, they weren't like clean or anything. They were touching them all over. So I wasn't going to use one of those, nor did I want to pump in front of everybody. So just you, anybody who's listening out there, like even as a lactation consultant who should literally know better, uh, I totally forgot one of the most important pieces of my pump. And not only that, I went to present at a conference in Toronto one time and I forgot the, um, little duckbill valves that go in. And so I remember hooking up everything on my pump and going, why is there no suction? That's weird. And I got in at like midnight. So I had to hand express and thank goodness for Amazon working in Canada and that I could order this part that would, I could go pick up from an Amazon locker. And I was in the middle of downtown, but I still had to keep hand expressing like that whole time. It was awful. Um, so I've been there and we are not perfect, even if you're an IBCLC. So total like mom brain, brain fart moment that I do not, I have so much empathy for moms who, even when you have all the pump parts, it's not fun, you know? So (laughs) 
Do not beat yourself up if you have ever, you know, had a mishap like that, because believe me, we all have. Yep. We all have. Um, What's the craziest, like, if you could pick, like, I'm sure it's in your book, but like, what's like the craziest, like, mishap you've experienced? (laughs) Oh, I've had quite a number, actually. Um, (laughs) One, uh, I've had a couple of mishaps with TSA, actually, coming in and out of the airport line. My very first conference after I had returned to work, it wasn't that long. So I was just pumping the milk there and bringing it back with me. But what I didn't do in advance was research what TSA was expecting um, of, of, of moms coming back. And I have to say just kind of as uh, generally that the information TSA has often is pretty vague on their, on their website. So like uh, liquids, you can, you can bring breast milk through the, the TSA checkpoint, but I had packed so much. <laughs> I had the wrong type of cooler. It was like one of those tall bottle stand-up coolers and I had packed so much breast milk in it and zipped it up that when it went through the line, the TSA agent pulled it to the side, goes, what is this? Unzips it and everything comes <laughs> Oh no. Flying out. Yes. And so I'm sitting there kind of going, oh no. <laughs> and milk is just all over the, the TSA front space. And she like processes what is happening. And I felt so bad for her, but um, (laughs) she started asking me, so are these bags three ounces each? And I'm like, what? (laughs) I didn't know that. And I have to say, she was the only one that ever asked me that, that question. Like if I had individually sized the breast milk in each bag to make sure that they were three, three ounces. Um, It is possible to check your, your breast milk. So, so just know that that is a possibility, but the other snafu that I ran into with that was the ice pack. So they have every, um, right to throw away your ice. If it is a certain percentage of water, I believe, um, and things are always changing. So make sure you do your, your research in advance. If you are indeed a mom that's traveling, Um, But I remember um, two TSA agents arguing about the percentage of water in my ice pack. (laughs) Me thinking that, that, oh no, like the ice pack is the thing that's going to keep all of this from going bad. So um, with that being said, like if you are in that situation and you do find that they're going to, you know, toss your ice pack or it's it, your ice pack has somehow melted and um, go to the nearest restaurant after you get through security and ask them to fill up a bag of ice for you and they will do it. And, um, you know, uh, I had some extra breast milk bags on hand once and I handed them over to a uh, somebody at the bar, the the bartender, then thinking I was going to order a drink, but I hand them breast milk bags instead and <laughs> ask them to put ice in there. Oh, yeah, they, they yeah, they didn't quite know what was happening, but <laughs> I'm like, this is not what you expected, was it? <laughs> so oh, it goodness. was, um, yes, yeah. yes. Well, and to um, 
if people are listening to this episode, go listen to a previous episode, a couple episodes back where I have Lisa Myers from the company series chill, um, because they have created this breast milk cooler, so to speak, like a thermos. Right. And they've actually taken into consideration these TSA guidelines and whatnot, but we actually talk about that, like going and getting that ice, um, afterwards or what have you. And, um, there's, there are some solutions coming out on the market and probably worth investing in. So you don't, um, lose that. But like you said, the guidelines are changing. So don't listen to this and, and take Carly's word for it because yeah. you can go to the TSA website or the airline website or what have you, and just make sure because yeah, it's, yes. it's nuts. but thankfully, yes, there are restaurants on the other side and you can get some ice and what have you, and that should be okay. There's ice on planes too. So Yes. I think the, the great things thing about it is that moms are actively having these conversations. So to that point, just keep checking in for those rules and regulations. Always just give yourself the time to research in advance. So that way you don't feel like you're blindsided and having that conversation about the viscosity of an ice pack with the TSA agents. But, um, that, that cooler is going to be such a help to so many breastfeeding and traveling moms. I, it is such a need. So to your point, once that hits the market, and if it already has, and you are a mom that is traveling and breastfeeding, spend that extra money. Don't be like me and use a, 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 a cooler that doesn't work that well. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know it's crazy. I mean, you do what you can, right? And and sometimes exactly. you just don't know, right? But it's uh, it's funny. I feel like, you know, these are kind of some things that we should definitely be having on our our baby registries instead of, um, you know, cute little onesies and whatever. Those are great too. Trust me, awesome. But some of these essentials, like you're mentioning, are just, you know, that that thinking out, doing the research, right? I think there's a lot of focus on like the breast pump, you know. But then, what about the breast milk? We definitely yeah. want to have uh, that storage all working out because if you have the pump, you're going to have to store the milk. You're not pumping it into the baby's mouth. So, so <laughs> many things to consider. So much mental and emotional labor that goes along with this. And I think that that's really one of the, the challenges. So anything we can do to make this experience easier, I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to, to that point, I often... When I'm consulting with other moms, we'll tell them to, if you can hold off for a little bit until after um, you get back to work and see exactly what you need for the space, you have the time to be able to research that. I mean, obviously you're going to need some of the basic stuff to, to make it through once you get back to work. But I, when I went back to work and I realized I was carrying my cleaning gear and my laptop case and my pump and my pump bag and the cooler and my lunch. Like I felt like a, a pack mule. <laughs> I was going back into the office, you know, with bags and bags when really there are, um, uh, to your point, like so many things that are on the market right now that can kind of streamline that and make that less of a headache for you when you're traveling or getting back into the office. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can definitely end up buying the wrong things when we're not in the experience and knowing like when you're pregnant, you're like, okay, I got, I got the best diaper bag ever. Let me tell you how many diaper bags I returned until I found the right one. Like it, until I was using it, 
I could look at the pictures. I could read the dimensions. I could feel it in the store, but until I had diapers and bottles and wipes and teething toys and all the things, and then my wallet and my sunglasses, like when I finally knew what I really needed, then I could pick the right product. So I, I think it's good advice to either get it from a place that has a really good return policy or it's okay to wait. <laughs> That's yep, such good absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I think you just have such a wealth of information from your own experience and how old are your children these days? They're not babies anymore. Right. I know it's, um, it's crazy. My, my youngest is turning four in December and my oldest is going to be seven this month. So time does fly and you don't even think about it when you're in the midst of, of that, that t- period of time when you're breastfeeding and going back to work and trying to figure things out. But, um, you know, through that, those experiences, I really, um, feel strongly about the need to help moms through their journeys, um, and getting them back to work in the easiest way possible. Mm, Yes. It's, it's so important. You know, I think that, uh, we have to really support moms and what their needs and what their goals are. And, it is not ideal for everyone to just stay home and never have to pump and breastfeed the baby. There are so many moms that regardless of financial need, want to go back to work and, and have their careers that they're passionate about. And it doesn't mean that having a baby make it, you know, you don't have to choose. Right. So I love that you're such an advocate for that and putting information out there to help moms and your book is coming. Do you have a name for your book yet? The name is still um, to be determined, but uh, the if anybody's interested and would like to connect, I have a monthly newsletter that comes out every month. Um, it's called Work It Mama Monthly. <laughs> you can find that on my website, thetravelingmilktruck.com. And um, I have a wealth of information that moms can dive into in the meantime. And uh, yeah, if anybody has any more questions or would like to hold of me, I'm, I'm there. So <laughs> happy to help where I can. Yeah. Yeah. She really does. She has some great just blog posts and things on her site. So go check that out. I'll link it up in the show notes. And then Carly's on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at mama milk truck. So make sure to link that up. So it's just an easy click for all you ones uh, that are maybe nursing or pumping and have one little thumb free to go tap on things instead of typing them in. So thank you, Carly, for being with us today. It's just been so amazing to hear about what you've done, your experience, um, laugh about some mishaps and whatnot. I just think that you're just contributing to more breastfeeding success for more families. So it's wonderful to have you on today. Absolutely. And thank you so much again for having me on your podcast. most moms stop breastfeeding in the first month postpartum? I believe succeeding at breastfeeding means having the right mindset. In fact, studies show that the number one factor that determines breastfeeding success is commitment, which is why I've created my incredible audio download of breastfeeding affirmations, where I give you actionable mantras so you can breastfeed your baby with confidence and peace of mind. And best of all, it's free. 
To get access to this audio and PDF, simply visit holisticlactation.com slash mantras, and you can get started right now. 